Good morning. Welcome to our worship service this morning. We welcome those who are joining us online as well as we continue to take and celebrate the experience which God has given to us through his blessed son, Jesus Christ. Just a few announcements, but before we begin, of course, we continue here in this place to understand that at Desert Hills we celebrate, we make, who? Oh, you know that so well. It becomes so much a part of us. I hope that uh, back in February, February 11th and 12th, we did a survey of the congregation. Uh, note that that results of the survey are in the back of the narthex. Uh, it is, was very positively received. And so thank you for all of the input. Um, as we continue to roll out new programs, we're going to be looking at this and making it part again of who we are here at this place. For those who are online and would like to have the results, just call the church office and we'll go ahead and send them out to you. Hang on, there's a few announcements. A whole sheet full. Note that um, this, be, this Wednesday we are in the Lenten season just a reminder that the Lenten worship will be at 7 o'clock with the Holden Evening Prayer. Uh, soup will be at 6 o'clock, and then a hymn sing at 6.45. Because we're in the season of Lent, that means that Easter is coming, which means Easter is April 9th this year. Um, note that there will, be Easter, there will be an Easter lunch at noon on Easter Sunday. The cost is $15. Tickets go on sale for that tomorrow. Also, Easter lilies. Um, we're continuing to take donations for the Easter lily garden, um, and that also will begin with a suggested donation of $15 um, beginning on Monday. Pastor Mateo Chavez is a wonderful pastor. He's the pastor of San Juan Batista, is going to be offering Spanish classes here at the church so that if you're Spanish and conversationally would like to be better than mine, a burrito, enchilada, and taco... Um, you can go ahead and literally meet. Uh, the class begins on Thursday at 1 o'clock. Um, call the church office just so to make sure that we've got enough materials for you. The Spring Choral Concert, it, it's happening this Thursday. I can't believe it. I hope you take advantage of it. It's an opportunity to hear the talent that this place continues to take and be part of. The concert is at 4 o'clock. As Pastor Mike said um, last week, don't come at 4 o'clock thinking you're going to get a seat. Um, for the Christmas concert, this place was full, and I anticipate the same for spring. So thank you, and keep the choir directors and the choir participants in your prayers as well as they prepare. Friday Espresso Itself is happening at Madeira Sunrise. Um, it's the old Chicago Deli, and that will begin at 9 o'clock again. Where are your name tags so that you can continue to take and interact with those who are around you? Fair Trade, Fair Trade is also happening next weekend. A chance to pre-buy your Easter candy. <laughs> then you melt it into a little chocolate egg, you know, and... Um, we do remember the life of Ray Bozeman. Uh, we're going to be having a celebration of his life on March 19th at 2 p.m. If you're not able to attend, it asks that you would continue to take and keep the family and family members uh, in your hearts and in your prayers as they mourn the loss of Ray. As a public service announcement, the rest of the country went on daylight savings time today. Last night I made the mistake, because I have people online, because Arizona does not go on daylight savings time. I made the mistake last night of not adding that, and I didn't want people to mess up their clocks and not come to church. <laughs> All the other announcements, if you've missed them, um, are on the half sheets that are back in the narthex, as well as if you have any questions, call the church office. And, and we are so glad of all the things and activities that come in and amongst and around this place. This time, I'll call on Pastor Mike.
Today, this weekend is an exciting weekend for Desert Hills. We are receiving new members, and we're receiving several new members in this worship service this morning. So I invite those that are coming, uh, part of this community as members, to come forward at this time. This weekend, we are receiving about 36 new members, so it's exciting to, to be part of this class. And one of the things that we do in our new member class, it's not really about being a member of Desert Hills. It's about what it, does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus. So we talk about our mission statement. We talk about what does it mean to celebrate grace. What is grace? What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? What does it mean to make a difference? And it's been a joy to get to know these individuals uh, these past several weeks as we begin to imagine what that means for us. And we're excited about having you as part of our community as we take this faith journey together. I ask you now, are you willing to continue this journey of faith through the life of this congregation? Do you promise to live as best you can as a disciple of Jesus? To worship regularly? To read your Bible, to pray, discover and use your spiritual gifts, tell others about God's grace, to work for God's justice in the world, and to live generous lives in service to God's mission in the world. If so, answer, yes, by the help of God. But these individuals do not do this alone. We do this together as community. So I invite you who are gathered to stand. I invite those of you online to join us as we support and remind ourselves we are called to the same thing. Do you, friends of Desert Hills, part of this community, do you promise to live as best you can as disciples of Jesus? To worship regularly, to read your Bible, to pray, discover and use your spiritual gifts to tell others about God's grace, to work for God's justice in the world, to live generous lives in service to God's mission in the world? If so, answer, yes, by the help of God. Yes. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, we are just so thankful for these individuals who have committed themselves to joining with us in this journey of faith. Bless us as a faith community that we may continue to strive to be the disciples you have called us to be. That we may live grace-filled lives, not only with each other, but with ourselves. That your grace may fill us and give us hope. That we may continue to move forward as we give you all our thanks and praise. Bless us this day as we worship, whether here in sanctuary or online. May we lift our voices and our hearts in praise. May your living water flow in us. And may your spirit embolden us to proclaim with joy all that you have and continue to do in our lives. We're thankful for all those who are joining this community. We're thankful for all those who gather each week, whether here or online. And we're just thank thankful for your presence and love in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. We now welcome you as disciples with us here at Desert Hills Lutheran Church. May we all be blessed by this relationship and grow together as a body of Christ. I invite you to give a round of applause. Once again, welcome, and I invite you as part of this community to make sure that you welcome these individuals today. You'll see that they'll have a flower so that it'll be easy to identify, but just welcome them not only today, but in the days ahead as we join together as a body of Christ. Thank you. We continue our worship by singing our opening hymn, You May Remain Standing.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Most merciful God, we confess that we are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. O God, Father in heaven, have mercy upon us. Your heart, O God, is grieving, O God, every evil, every woe. Upon your cross forsaken son, our death is there and peace is won. O Son of God, Redeemer of the world, have mercy God, the fountain of living water, you quench our thirst and wash away our sin. Give us this water always. Bring us to drink from the well that flows with the beauty of your truth through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Today's first scripture reading is from the Gospel of John, the fourth chapter. Jesus left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Jesus answered her, 
If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming back here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, O Christ. Today's second scripture reading is continued from chapter 4. 
Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man is really the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. May the God that so loved the world, so loved and loves you, that Jesus came not so that we may be condemned, but that we might be saved through him. Amen. If you've been following our Lenten journey, you know that we've been looking at the conversations of Jesus. Last week, we had the conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. And this week, we have a conversation between Jesus and a Samaritan woman at the well. And the writer of John likes to contrast different conversations to reveal the truth about who Jesus is. Last week, Pastor Craig talked about Nicodemus, how Nicodemus came at night not because so much he was afraid, but because he wanted to have a conversation alone with Jesus. And he goes and asks Nick, uh, Jesus, tell me about who you are. Think about Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a male. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was of the Jewish faith. He was a teacher and authority in Israel, we know he's on the Sanhedrin, the leading council in Jerusalem. This man had all the credentials. But the writer of John mentions he comes at night to say that even though he came with questions and wondering, we were told last week that he kind of leaves with a sense of uncertainty. We see Nicodemus more times in the Gospel of John. We find Nicodemus is there when the Sanhedrin wants to arrest Jesus. And Nicodemus says, we should at least hear what he has to say before we convict him. And we see Nicodemus as Joseph Arimathea and him takes the body of Jesus and prepares him in for the tomb. So Nicodemus stays on the edge. He kind of stays between darkness and and light in that twilight time, never quite sure what Nicodemus thinks about Jesus. We have that now contrast with this woman. We find out about this woman who is unnamed. She's a woman, she's a Samaritan. And as you might know, Samaritans are in fact cousins to the people of Israel, they were from the northern tribes that were taken over by the Assyrians, and they have been polluted in their lineage by foreign people. They weren't quite up to the standards of the people of Israel. And though they were related, there was tension between them. This woman comes unnamed, unworthy, and she comes not in darkness but at the very pinnacle of light, noon, when the sun is overhead and shines brightly. Now, there has been some talk about, well, the woman comes at noon because she is ashamed. She's an outcast. And I'll be honest, there have been times when I've preached about this woman maybe having a sordid history. And that's why she comes at noon. But if you look at comparing 
Nicodemus to this woman. Nicodemus comes at night and leaves uncertain. You have this woman who comes at the very pinnacle of day and she is convinced and shares who Jesus is. That maybe the writer of John isn't so worried about that she's an outcast, but she comes with a sense of God's wonder and grace. And she comes in the middle of the day, in the brightness of light. Because for John, darkness and light reflects the tension we live in. Jesus comes and the darkness cannot overcome him. And the woman comes and there she encounters Jesus. And we have this conversation between this woman and Jesus. And she begins to ask questions. Jesus asks her for a drink. And she goes, why you, a Jew, a male, ask me, a Samaritan, and a woman for a drink? Don't you know that's inappropriate? Don't you know that's crossing all sorts of cultural bounds? Don't you know we could get in trouble for this conversation? But Jesus just keeps pushing her, doesn't he? Jesus says, woman, if you had known who I am, what I represent, you would ask me for water. And unlike Nicodemus, who seems confused, this woman seems engaged. Well, then give me some. I would love some of this living water. I wouldn't have to come here every day to get water to survive. Give me this water so I may drink. And then Jesus says to her, bring me your husband. And now we discover this woman's history. This woman who has had to go from husband to husband in order to survive. We're not told why she has lost her husbands. Have they died? Have they divorced her? Have they cast her out? And her only survival is to once again seek the protection and economic reality of a husband. And now she is forced to live with someone who's not even her husband in order to survive. There is no sense in Jesus that he's saying, stop sinning. He simply states the truth of who she is. I know your life. I know the struggles you have been through. I know those nights where you have wondered, are you going to survive? And what it took for you to make it to this point. And immediately this woman discovers he's a prophet. That what he speaks is true and that truth only comes from God. And we're told that this woman who came to get water... This woman who wanted living water from Jesus, what does she do? She drops her jars and runs back to her village. There's no indication Jesus gets a drink or she takes any water with her. The reason they're there seems to not be of importance, does it? There's something deeper going on. And when she goes to her village, what does she say? Come and see. I will admit, I do not like Brussels sprouts. And you may wonder, what does that have anything to do with this woman? But I'll tell you. When I was growing up, my mom would boil Brussels sprouts for several hours. And the smell would fill the house. And I would remember as a child, anytime I'd smell it, my stomach would begin to turn. And I would know that night I would have to figure out a way to hide the Brussels sprouts so that I could get up from the table. Because I don't know about you, but I, we always had that policy. If you leave behind anything, you can't get up from the table. So you hope that your dog wouldn't be underneath the table. Or a napkin would be handy. Or some way you could disguise the fact that you haven't eaten your Brussels sprouts. And for years, I would never eat Brussels sprouts. Kristen would try to make Brussels sprouts. And I said, oh, no, Ugh, I'm not going to eat Brussels sprouts. My, both of my boys, no, we're not going to eat Brussels sprouts. And then one day, my son calls me. He goes, Dad. He goes, Dad, I went to a restaurant, and they had this Brussels sprouts. And I tried. They were delicious. 
And I'm thinking, yeah, right. You know, I've had Brussels sprouts. They're not delicious. So I kept that in the back of my mind. And then a few months later, guess what? I go to a restaurant. Guess what they're famous for? Brussels sprouts. Not only are they famous for, but it doesn't matter what you order, they give you Brussels sprouts. I had a hamburger, french fries, and Brussels sprouts. And there they are, laying on my table. I'm looking at my plate, and they did look different than I was familiar with. And the voice of my son reminded me, Dad, they're delicious. So I thought, well, i just cut a little piece off and see what it tastes. They were delicious. They were in bacon. They had olive oil on them. They were roasted. And little cheese, they were fantastic. And now guess what? I eat Brussels sprouts. I even eat raw Brussels sprouts and salads. My whole image of Brussels sprouts changed because someone invited me to come and taste for myself something different. Sisters and brothers in Christ, I wonder if a lot of people need to hear once again this invitation to come and experience Jesus. I wonder if a lot of people like me have experienced the church or Jesus in not life-giving ways. That somehow this image they got of Jesus is not who Jesus is. That all they saw was Jesus came to condemn them or to somehow make them feel worse than they already did. And I wonder if this woman today, this conversation that this woman is having with Jesus, is inviting us again to invite people to come and see for themselves once again. It's appropriate that this is New Member Weekend because what I always find fascinating is that most of the time when I talk to those who end up joining this community, it's because someone invited them. Someone invited them to come and see for themselves. Come and see what I've experienced here in this community. Whether it's a grief share group, whether it's yoga class, worship. Somehow they were invited to come and experience the community. And as they began to experience the community, their image began to change. They saw for themselves something that they thirsted for. That they saw in there something that they needed. That their understanding of what it maybe be, means to be a disciple of Jesus began to change. And they began to want that in their own lives. Maybe that's you today. <laughs> maybe you just need to come and see again. Because maybe you had a taste of Jesus that was not life-giving. And maybe you need to hear again for yourself that promise that the choir, that the late, uh, voices of Marian reminded us. God came because God loves you. And God wants you to have life. Jesus talks about living water. And the image of living water in scripture is in fact the Holy Spirit. That if you read further on in the gospel of John chapter 7. Jesus says, those who have faith in me will have the life-giving spirit that will well up in them like living water. That what Jesus is offering the woman and us is, in fact, God's very dwelling within us. That will refresh our souls, that will give us what we need. In the book of Revelation, when the writer of Revelation is looking at the kingdom of God, he describes it as a, a river of life-giving water flowing from the throne of God. Sustaining and supporting God's kingdom. Life-giving water is, in fact, the very spirit of God that God wants to offer all of us as we come and see for ourselves who Jesus is. Did you notice at the end of today's gospel, it says, Those who heard Jesus for themselves came to believe not because of what the woman said, but because they heard Jesus' words and believed it for themselves. See, the woman didn't coerce or argue them into faith. She simply called them to come and see. Just like when my son 
inviting me to come and eat Brussels sprouts anew. And I discovered they can taste good. Maybe someone needs to discover that, in fact, Jesus is life-giving. So if you'd like to dig a little deeper, here's what I invite you to do this week. What would you invite others to come and see about Jesus? What is it about Jesus that you find life-giving? What is it about Jesus that gives you hope? And what would it be like for you to invite others to come and see for themselves? To come and see the words of Jesus. To come and hear God so loved the world. That they might believe. That they might have hope. That the spirit may well up in them with life giving waters. And if you're that one today. May you hear Jesus invitation for you to come and hear from Jesus, just like that woman. I know everything about you, and I offer you life, life in abundance. God so loved the world. Amen. Together, let us affirm our faith. We believe in one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We proclaim Jesus Christ, the crucified and risen one, confessing him as Lord to the glory of God the Father. In the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, we acclaim Jesus as the Lord of the Church, the head over all things, the beginning of a new creation. We acknowledge that we live and work between the time of Christ's death and resurrection and his coming kingdom. We are a pilgrim people, always on the way toward the promised goal. Christ feeds us with word and sacraments, and we have the gift of the Spirit in order that we may not lose the way. As members of the church, we confess the faith of Christ crucified and risen. Together with all the people of God, we will serve the world for which Christ died and await his return. 
Amen. We will now have the gathering of offerings.
In preparation of our prayers, we hear words from Psalm 51. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come this day to give you our thanks, prayers, and gifts of time, talent, and treasure for your mission in the world to bring good news, help, and hope for all people. Merciful God, receive our prayer. We remember those who have recently died, including Ray Bozeman, Al Satterback, Nancy Meyer, Harlan Roswald, and Judy Andrews. Oh God, receive them into the arms of your mercy and everlasting peace. And may the truth and promise of God's resurrection bring comfort and hope to their families and friends who grieve. Merciful God, receive our prayer. New to our prayer list is Gail White, Ray Weisgarber, and George Reek. We take time now to silently pray for those who remain on our prayer list, as well as for others in our hearts and for situations in our lives. Loving God, you desire for us to have a deeper relationship with you. May the relationships in our lives be an effective avenue of your love and forgiveness. Let your living water flow out from us so that our home, our neighborhoods, our interactions, and our conversations always be transformed by the renewing power of the Holy Spirit. Merciful God, receive our prayer. God of healing, in Jesus Christ, you know the spirits that cloud our minds and set us against ourselves. Comfort those who are torn by doubt, cast down, or feel lost. By your power, drive from us the powers that shake confidence and shatter love. Tame unruling forces within us and bring us to your truth so that we may know peace and accept ourselves as your beloved children. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Eternal God, you promise eternal life to all your children. Thank you for the people of faith who have gone before us and continue to guide us by their example and reassure us of your promised salvation. Their hope in you sustained lives of faith and service. Encourage us with the hope they shared in you. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Please stand as we join our hearts and our voices to sing together the prayer that Jesus has taught us.
We pray that this service is a blessing to those who are here, those who are worshiping online, as we continue to take and live out the promise, promise that God has given to us through his Son. Hear this blessing. Brothers and sisters, God has given us a fresh start. We are sinners, but forgiven sinners, embraced by a God who loves us. God always lifts our burdens, forgives our mistakes, and fills our emptiness. Go now to share this good news, and may God's love surround you, Christ's peace dwell in you, and the Spirit's breath fill you with the freshness of new life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We sing our closing hymn. Go with a new life and a fresh start. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Amen. Amen.